0: Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Last week we started a a series on uh, the life of David called The Lord Has Sought Out a Man After His Own Heart. Uh, And I'm not going to have a huge amount of time to... Uh, to kind of recap, but we last week we talked about the call of David, and we talked about how God chooses differently to us, and the way that He does that, and that with God the heart counts almost above everything else. It's the most important part of a person. Um, after David gets called in the in uh, one Samuel sixteen, the very next chapter we have the story of David and Goliath. And I just want you to put your hand up if you, if you know the story, story of David and Goliath. Okay, it sounds like some of us don't know. It, so do I need to repeat? I don't need to repeat it because most of you know the story. And in fact, um, interestingly enough, Phil referred to it. I hadn't, maybe he didn't know what I was going to speak on, but he referred to it. So I won't be reading through the whole story. Uh, suffice it to say, it's one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. Um, And that scenario has almost come out of Christian understanding and we have our own understanding in in the world around us about the David and Goliath scenario. The underdog, the weak, the small, overcoming the powerful and the great. Uh, Most people may not realise our our modern understanding of giant killing comes from stories like David and Goliath. And people might not realise that in the Bible there is such a story. But there is a danger that we take stories like that at face value and that we focus on the moment when Goliath and David, they meet on the battlefield. There's the stones and the sling and that David manages to defeat Goliath. He's not wearing armour, he doesn't have a sword and yet he wins this mighty battle. And it's very easy for us to focus on that and I could focus on that and talk about, so who's your Goliath, who's the big thing in your life? And that is a very legitimate way of looking at it. But really, that's not what the story is about. Or if you really want to get to the heart of the story, you have to step out of the battlefield. Because the battlefield was the end point of something rather than the beginning point of something. On the face of it, it's the beginning. David becomes very popular. He ends up becoming king. But actually, it was the end point. It was the public display of something that had been going on privately for a long time. When David beats Goliath, um, you kind of have to look, okay, how did that happen? It wasn't lucky. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, I just, I just got a shot in and I, and I got him. It wasn't lucky. This story is very much about, do we have a right perspective on God in relation to everything else? Do we have faith in God And how easy it is for us to lose perspective and to allow fear, and we've sung about fear today, to dominate and to come in. To understand what went on on the battlefield, we have to look at what was going on for David in the field with the sheep. That's how we understand what goes on in the battlefield. To understand public victory, we must first understand victory in private battles. Yeah, Because unless there is victory in private battles, there will never be long-lasting, sustainable public victory. There has to be something. You have to win out here, over here, before God brings you to win out here. And David's not the only person to go through that kind of story. Elijah would be another. There are many others. Is a question. What do we most fear? It was interesting that a lot of our songs this morning were about fear. And sometimes you have to face your fears. And sometimes we do everything we can to avoid them, but sometimes we have to just face the fear. What's the biggest fear? What's the thing I fear the most? For some of us it might be Failure. I remember even last year when I went on sabbatical, I remember going through a process during that time leading up to my sabbatical, thinking, have I built something or not? I'll know when I'm not there. I'll know. And that was, that was a, there was a bit of fear. That I thought, no, I have to face that. If I come back to Beacon in April and there's no one there and the doors are locked... <laughs> The Israelites feared Goliath. I haven't had time to read it, but you'll see in the scripture there is a very deliberate, intentional, detailed description of what Goliath looked like, and he was huge. Yeah? He was huge. You can read it at the beginning of 1 Samuel 17. They feared Goliath. In a world of tribes and kings, giants were king. Yeah, you'll know the story. Saul becomes king. Why? Because he's head and shoulders above everyone else. So they think to themselves, he must be the king. Even when Samuel goes to Jesse's sons to find out who's going to replace Saul, he sees Eliab, his oldest, he's head and shoulders above everyone else. He must be king. Giants were king. People feared people who were big. You remember the story of the spies, the 12 spies that first went into the promised land. What did they do when they came out? When they returned, they said, there are giants in the land. I don't know whether we can do it. There are giants there. People feared that which was big and Goliath was the biggest of them all. So it was no wonder that Saul and his armies, they would line up for battle and then they'd line up that first day and out from amongst the Philistines steps a giant. Yeah, They're fearful. Who's going to take on the giant? Saul may well be head and shoulders above the Israelites, but he is small and weeny in comparison to Goliath. So Saul himself goes, oh my goodness, of all the things... Of all the things to stand before me is a giant. Saul had lost perspective, and fear is often disproportionate to what we fear. Yeah? Goliath's a giant, so I can't see anything other than I can't even see the sun. Goliath is so big. He's so huge. I can't see anything. Fear. Is paralysing. And if you read that story of them coming out day after day and Goliath taunting them, they're paralysed with fear. Fear stops progress and momentum. Fear saps faith and it kills stuff. Fear can appear rational because we can justify fear sometimes. Oh, yeah, well, it's obvious if you look at him, he's massive. Of course I can't fight him. And that's how the Israelites were functioning. The best antidote to fear, though, is truth. The best antidote to fear and all the lies that come behind fear is truth. Saul's perspective had become very human. He only saw Goliath. He only saw a giant, the biggest in the land. Humanly speaking, he was right. He was a big man. No one Israelite was a match for Goliath. But in the great grand scheme of things, Goliath was nothing. He was nothing. But Saul and the Israelites didn't see that. They only saw Goliath. Oh, my goodness, look at him. Yet yeah, Saul, you're taught. No, no. And what does Saul say? I'll give half my kingdom and my daughter in marriage to whoever can take on Goliath. Yeah? The issue was Saul had lost sight of who God was. He'd just got a wrong perspective. He'd kind of missed it a bit. He'd got so caught up in the the physical, in the here and now, he forgot, oh, actually, with us is God. The God who brought us out of Egypt, the God who sustained us for 40 years in the desert, the God who brought us into this promised land, he's with us. David says at one point when he arrives on the scene, bringing cheeses and bread to his brothers, that's what David comes to do. He comes as a messenger with cheeses and bread and he leaves with the head of a giant. (laughs) Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David's reaction is explained by the fact that he did not have the same perspective on Goliath as Saul did. Rather than be scared and fearful, David is offended. How dare you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think we are? David is offended. How dare you? He's shocked. How can this man be left to speak like that? Now, the others, clearly, David was the only one who thought that because his words get to Saul, and Saul said, okay, I know you're only a boy, but you can go and fight him if you want. There's a danger for us that we can view God from human, not just from a human perspective, but human criteria. And because we can't see God, we only see Goliath. And David didn't think like that. David's perspective was the true one, and David says to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Yeah, you may have lost perspective, Saul, but I haven't lost perspective here. It wasn't that David was particularly courageous, brave, or fearless. He may have been all those things, but that wasn't the issue. The issue wasn't his bravery, but he did view the world differently, and that's what made the difference. Last week I talked about the fact that whilst David was still young and he was looking after his sheep in the fields and seemingly insignificant and nobody knows about him, he was writing psalms, songs and poems that would change the way we relate to God. He was doing that in a field with sheep. He's writing. He's playing on his harp. Yeah? He's doing stuff that's going to change the world and nobody knows he's doing it. Maybe one of the psalms he wrote at that time, for he wrote this psalm, in Psalm 8 it says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? So when David sees Goliath, he's thinking, when I consider the heavens, what is man? What is man that you might be mindful of him? There's another passage in the Bible that I talked about last week where it talks about the eyes of the Lord roaming throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him, that God looks. God's looking around the world. He's looking around the earth to see if there are any whose hearts are totally devoted to him. And at some point in his search, he found David. He found David, and then it says, and he's looking so that he might come and strengthen them. So he comes to David, and he strengthens him when he realises, oh, this man's heart is for me. When Samuel rejects Saul, God's already found David. He's already found him. He's a young man. He's already found, oh, this man's heart is for me. So then when David comes to the battlefield. He doesn't come as a little boy. He doesn't come as the dog Goliath thinks he is. He comes with this different perspective. You are a man and you're defying the God who created everything. And that's why you're coming down. That's why I'm taking you out. If you notice, he speaks very confidently to Goliath. Goliath says, come here that I might do you. And David says, you come here that I might do you. You're the one that's going to be on the ground. You're the one I'm going to take off your head and I'm going to feed your body to the birds. Those are not nice words. Yeah, We wouldn't do that necessarily. We think, oh, that's really rude. Don't say that to me. It's not nice words. But David was so confident, not in himself. He was confident because he sat in a place where his perspective was very, very different. He looked at God. He didn't look at Goliath. He saw Goliath, but he looked at God. To him, there was nothing in the world, he had become convinced in his own heart, there was nothing in the world greater than God. Nothing. Saul had lost that perspective even though he was the king of the chosen people of Israel. He'd lost it. And because he had lost it, the army had lost it. They were all scared of Goliath. But do you know what? Some of their fear was because Saul was fearful. It translated, if Saul's going like this, they're going like this. If Saul's worried, they're worried. So after David wins this battle, it says that the, that the Philistines after they saw their hero fall, they turned and they ran. Yeah, Goliath was right about one thing. He knew, what he knew was if he loses, they all lose. He knew that. He said, he said, if you defeat me, we're subject to you. If I defeat you, you're subject to us. He knew. The battle was, he was right. The battle was this thing. It was, send someone who can fight me. Yeah? Believing that there was no one in the world who was big enough to take him on. You read the description, you think, how on earth can anyone take him on? And so he was right. When he was defeated, the Philistines ran and the Israelites pursued them and a great victory was won that day. As a result of David's victory in private, of David learning to view God aright in private, as a result of his heart becoming committed to God in private, as a result of those private strengthenings in his spirit, he strengthened others. He might have thought to himself, oh, this is just me, I'm just on my heart doing my thing. No. He wasn't just on his harp doing his thing, nobody seeing. When David wins here and he brings that victory here, others win. Others win. He inspired victory in the people. Now, don't mishear me. It's not that you know, everyone needs to go, okay, who's winning that I can be inspired? The, the challenge for all of us is we all have private Battles. We all have private fears. Yeah, we ask public intelligent questions, but sometimes they come out of private fear. They come out of something in me that worries about what's people going to think, what's this going to happen, what if I fail, what if this doesn't happen. There's that danger in all of us. There's going to be that thought in all of us, and yet. David becomes an example to us of one who, in private, found faith in God, his heart was committed to God, and therefore God came and strengthened him. And you know what? God wants to do that to you. He wants to do that to me. He wants you to face the fear because that fear about bigness would have been in the culture of that day. Yeah, they would, That would have been the way they were. Everyone was fearful. If you were bigger than the next person, then people thought you would win. That was the way it was. If you had more people in your army, you're going to win. If you have bigger people, you're going to win. And God was like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. With my people, it doesn't work like that. If you trust me, if you look to me, regardless of what you see, you can win. That was what God was communicating through David, and that's what God wants to communicate to us. Because some of you, some of us, me included, we have private fears that feel to us like Goliath. I can't even see around it. I can't even see. All I see is Goliath. And and, and when you have those fears, do you know what? Detail matters. Yeah, but you don't really know the little things that are going on. This has happened, and then that has happened, and then he looks like this, and it looks like and you can you can kind of make a case, and I can do this, I can make a case for the bigness of my problems. But there's a way through on it for all of us. And the way through isn't to look around and try and find an answer. The way through is to do what David did. Find your heart in private turned to God. Find it. yeah. More than anything else you do, find it. Find your heart turned to God. Even when in the moment you think, I'm doing it, I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, but it feels very dry. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Because over time, God will change your perspective and he will strengthen you. He'll strengthen you. He'll change your perspective. And things that you once feared, you will not fear. Yeah? And it doesn't require you to have a moment where, oh, yeah, I was praying, and people prayed, and bang, I was out. No more fear. Yeah, That may have happened to you. That has not happened to me. Yeah? And that doesn't happen to most of us. For most of us, it's we're battling, we're battling, we're battling. But do you know what? I've learned this. Through private, constant, ongoing prayer and trusting in God, things I feared, I don't fear anymore. Now, let me just break the ice. I don't like mice, yeah? I don't like mice. And I don't even go to God about mice. Yeah? I just don't like them. Yeah? And so there's a little bit of me, I'm jumping around and we've got mice, I see evidence, and I I don't like mice. Yeah? But when I went on sabbatical, I faced a fear. I did. I faced a fear. And for me, that that was a thing. I was like, okay, God, okay. Because you win in private. God will bring you into the public. Now, the public realm might be different for each one of us. It's not not always going to be a battlefield like David. We're not all going to be king. You're not all going to be like Elijah and you stand on the mountain. It's not going to be that. But if you win your private battles, there will come a moment where in public you'll win a battle. And you know what? Other people will be inspired and encouraged because of it. Yeah? It's personal and it's private. And that's how God does it. Yeah? There is this sense of general blessing and all of that kind of stuff. But God, the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth looking for those. He's looking. The Holy Spirit is looking for those whose hearts are for him. And when he finds them, he's like roaming. Oh, I'll go down. That's what happened to David in the fields with the sheep. And then in the fields with the sheep, David has a couple of encounters which confirm to him, oh my goodness, God is with me. God is with me. So when he comes public, he's like, do you know what? This guy's going down. Yeah, He's not going down because I'm brave. He's going down because God is big. Our God is greater. God's way of working I'll fin- finish with this, and then there'll be a moment to respond. God's way of working has not changed. Yeah, I understand you've got the Old Testament, the New Testament, and we have Jesus, and I haven't talked about Jesus. It's not because Jesus is not. Jesus is our, our access into the Father. But when you read about David, you also, you're reading about the Holy Spirit. You're, you're reading about God at work. And we can look at the life of David and see God at work. And we can go, oh God, would you do the same here? Yeah. We have the Holy Spirit within us. And yet, let's be honest, we can still have fears. We can still have fears. And sometimes our fears are so deep-rooted, we don't even know it's a fear that's causing us to question or causing us to act. But if you come to him, if you come to him, faith for the battlefield comes from success in private battles. Yeah. Faith for the battlefield comes from success in private battles. David says, The Lord who rescued me here will rescue me here. And my encouragement is that you find that to be true for you. Let's pray. while we're sitting maybe I encourage you just to close your eyes and maybe just to even while you're sitting there hold your hands out to God and just for a moment remind yourself of oh yeah God uh, there are fears here the story of David and Goliath is about how we find the right perspective how we recognise that truth sets us free And it may be you're walking into something right now and you're fearful, you're worried and it can become very detailed and you can think of every little thing that's causing you concern. But right now I want you to to kind of shift your perspective. I want you to look beyond your Goliath and see God. And see God. There might be lots of practical things that are going on for you, and you're like, Oh God, how's this going to work? How's that going to work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look beyond and see God. Holy Spirit, I ask that even in this moment you will come and strengthen. Strengthen hearts. Bring peace where there is currently anxiety and fear. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. I pray, Father, you would come as the loving Father you are and let fear be driven away. I ask, O God, that private battles will be joined, that we ourselves will go no more. I will not be a cyclical Christian anymore where I go round and round and round. I will face my fears and move on. Father, I pray for every person in this room. I pray for every heart that is open to you, uh, that you would come to them in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, just as we read of that moment where the Holy Spirit rushed upon David, would you rush upon us now? Would you speak? Would you reassure? Would you make a way where we see no way? We ask these things in your name and we ask them for your glory. And Father, I pray as we see many private battles won, that we will win many public battles and others will be encouraged and strengthened. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.